Hello and welcome to AFL by Dummies, the only show where we actually change hosts more frequently than Triple M, uh, which is quite a feat in itself when you think about it. So speaking of the host that I've got with me this week, unfortunately, Carissa couldn't make it. So we have Cass with us this week. Hello. Now, Cass, the most important question on a football show is what team do you go for? I am proudly or unproudly, I'm not quite sure, a St Kilda fan. Hold on, scratch that. No, there's no such thing as St Kilda fans. It's just... I go for St Kilda. You follow the... I follow. Sing- yeah. Not even follow. Just they're my team. They're, they're your team. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, uncanny how you picked this week to come on the show. It's just actually unbelievable. It was almost as if this was like a whole ploy the whole time just to get Creaser out for this week, just so I could come in and, yeah, show you how St Kilda's done. Yeah, well, does anyone actually have, like, the whereabouts of Creaser? Like, we, we don't know. Are you hiding him away somewhere? Could be on a desert island. He hasn't been I... responding to my Facebook messages. Could this have thrown is him re- into space. Yeah, this is really concerning now. We might not have Creaser back <laughs> next week. Um, we should have Alex and Creaser back next week, actually, but we okay, have got sure. you this week, Cass, and I know you're going to do a good job. Perfect. Thank you for having me, guys. Um, good. Now, what was your highlight for the week in a week oh. where Melbourne lost to St Kilda? Look, in a week what where a Melbourne... What a dumb question. A dumb question. St Kilda was just unbelievable. I mean, up by what? It was almost 20-odd 20, 20 points yep. um, in the fourth quarter. I was beside myself. I just couldn't believe it. It's just it's not meant to happen unless it's Melbourne. Melbourne <laughs> has this way of just blowing games that they should win. What do you think this does to their finals chance? I don't know. It's kind of scary for a Melbourne fan because I know last year they lost to Collingwood and that's mm. why they missed out on the eight. That's um, right. It looks like it's going to come down to the final game again. I can't remember who they're playing, but I know they're playing another team that's competing with them for the top eight in round 23 and it's going to be a fantastic... It's just going to be a fantastic end to the season. Uh, my highlight of the week, I struggled with this one, but because I'm going to do a segment on it mm. later, I won't talk about how amazing the round was. So my highlight for the week would have to be uh, Richmond, Sydney, uh, going in the game of with Creaser. Uh, it was good fun, actually. Uh, it was a great game. Creaser even admitted himself that it was a good game at the end, which is always Coming a sign. from a Sydney fan, that's a pretty good compliment to give. Yeah. Especially because he lost. Creaser's <laughs> <laughs> not the one to uh, take losses too well. He's very confident pre-game. Yep. Yep. Um, anyway, speaking of teams that were confident pre-game, Fremantle played Brisbane on the weekend. Indeed they did. What uh, have you got for us there? <laughs> well, Fremantle lost to Brisbane on the weekend. <laughs> Brisbane won their second game of the year. Almost validated everything. Love how, firstly, love how everyone's going mad about Brisbane. Just like, oh, yeah, they're playing well. They've won two and they've lost 12. Let's just let's just get that out yep. there. Uh, it's still better than Carlton, though. Look, it doesn't take much to be better than Carlton, but it's it's something. And they play Carlton this week. <laughs> I cannot wait for our tips for that because that'll be interesting. Who? Well, quickly on on that, what are your thoughts for that? Because it's almost like a battle of the losers. Yeah. Well, whoever lo- the best draft picks will be looking at this game is yeah. like whoever loses, we're going to. Um, I'm sure we'll jump to that later, though. Perfect. Anyways. I've made it abundantly, abundantly clear that the buy rounds are just the worst idea ever. Sure, yeah, of it's, course. It's just the worst thing ever. It's even worse than AFL scheduling. It's like you almost have to go and watch the soccer instead. Like, wow, if you've yeah. got no footy, what are you going to do? Well, like, the World Cup's been on, so it's been nice. True. But generally, uh, when the World Cup's not there, it's pretty uh, devastating. Anyways, the idea really puts me to sleep. But I wasn't, I wasn't the only person who was put to sleep on the weekend because Freo's entire team did not wake up. They just spent the whole match asleep. They were basically statues, and we saw another training drill on the weekend, except I don't think anyone would pay to watch a Brisbane training oh, no. drill. No. It'd no. be the worst thing you've ever seen. You'd yeah. rather go watch a game of, like, 
amateur snooker or something instead of watching it. <laughs> okay, we'll go with snooker then. I love it because it's just amateur snooker as well. Freo didn't wake up. So I was thinking, well, what did they spend the whole week doing if they didn't wake up? Maybe they spent the whole week flossing. I know Ross Lyons got the technique <laughs> did. down pat. Ross the floss. Uh, Ross is, the floss. Is quite the nickname. They has got the whole week down to do that. I don't know. There's a lot of things that Freo could be doing that week. They could be paying people uh, hush money. Oh, um, big call. But because no one knows what they were doing during the week. So maybe they were doing something and some people know, but they were paid off. Obviously it didn't work. Or maybe we actually know and we were paid off by uh, Fremantle. It wouldn't Ooh. be the first time that's ever happened. Anyways, uh, Fremantle, you uh, put on... Uh, well, you just got to be better than that. You lost to Brisbane at home, basically destroyed your season right there, and go Brisbane. I know. It makes me happy for the Lions. They've always they've, they've done it tough over the last, would you say, even 10 years? Is yep. that too much of a stretch? No. Nah. So I, I almost feel bad for them. I mean, I'm a St Kilda fan, so I know how that can feel. But, it was, no, it was nice to see, see them get up. Yeah. It, was, it really was. It was a demo- demolition job as well. Uh, what have you got for us, Cass? So speaking of the buy rounds, um, I it would be – Wrong of me to miss how Geelong's poor form has just been absolutely catastrophic. Uh, oh, no. Catastrophic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, wow. Rossley, I want you to take a guess as to what their losing streak after a buy round has now come to. So this is just mid-season buys? Mid-season buys. We are season 2018. How so, many games do you think they've lost Well, Geelong's been good for about 10 years. About mm-hmm. The whole time Brisbane's been awful. <laughs> um, Correct. So, I don't know, three or four? Surely it can't be that many. Up it a little bit more? Five, six or seven. It's got to be one of those, six right? Six games. Six this, games. Yeah, this was their sixth game. We obviously discount the 2015 um, match that they should have played. But since 2012, that's been six games. That's ridiculous. So they genuinely Like, they've been doing what Frio did for years. Exactly. That's that's confidence killing. You can't just go away for a week and then come back and lose like that. It's it's pretty bad for them. The games that they have lost of the ones that they've been considered favourites to win. So yeah. teams like you had West Coast back in 2017 with an 83 to 70 point loss. Yeah. Um, teams like Sydney in 2016, Fremantle. This one hurts. Brisbane Lions back in 2013. The miracle on the grass. The miracle on grass. Oh, if you guys haven't watched the video for the last quarter of that. That's the only football video that you have to watch. That's almost up there. That's probably the, one of the most exciting games that I've seen that has not been a team that I've been particularly emotionally invested in. Like yep. Brisbane Lions, sure, they're great, but or not. But <laughs> I sat, I sat there in that watching that last fourth quarter, going, "Oh my goodness." Yeah, it was amazing. And, but it was a fairy tale ending as well. You didn't think it could get any better until the fairy tale ending, which I won't spoil if you haven't watched it. Please do go watch it. Even pause this podcast. I'm meant to be promoting listening to this, but pause this podcast to listen to that. Absolutely. Because it is just the best thing you will ever watch. And of course, this was all started when Sydney beat them uh, 80 to 74 back in 2012, it would have been. Jeez, so they haven't won after a bye mid-season since 2011. Pretty well, much. That's it. Yep. That is unbelievable. Uh, shame on Geelong. They better get over that soon because, I mean, you got to win games to get into finals. I know that's pretty obvious. It's just obvious. come at a really bad point for them in the season because, like you said, they're vying for that top eight spot. So in other years where they've probably been a little bit more comfortable, they can afford to have maybe dropped that buy-round game yep. um, or the game after the buy-round, I should say. This has come pretty costly now. 
Yeah, well, you've got to get momentum to go into the back half of the season. Otherwise, Absolutely. everyone else will fly by you. Now, Cass. Yes. The World Cup's been going on, and you've noticed something uh, that came up in the news recently that can be related to AFL, I believe? A little bit, yeah. So we're obviously now deep into the knockout stages of the World Cup, and I was having a little bit of a flick through some um, articles that I was you know, sort of interested in reading, and one headline particularly stood out to me, and it was it, it goes as follows. Russian workers are being taught how to smile ahead of the World Cup. <laughs> Is that just not the most ridiculous thing ever? Do you know what's the greatest thing about that article? Mm. The fact that when you read it, it makes you laugh, so you smile. So literally, Aye, yeah. maybe that was the idea, to get us all smiling. That writer did a very, very good job because it definitely worked. And I was curious. So I was like, look, if anything, I mean... Getting a group of like middle-aged Russian traffic management workers on a like a rainy day in St. Petersburg to smile would be a far easier job than getting Carlton <laughs> members to crack a smile at the G. So, yeah, no, it's <laughs> definitely hard to get any Carlton player to, uh, player. Well, hard to get the Look, players. The players probably aren't smiling either. But no. I mean, try getting the fans, their fans on board too. Insane that Charlie Kerno has been good the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, surely they're not the only fan base that would be tough to. Oh look, we could try out Gold Coast as well, but I mean. Do they even have any fans? No, I, that's a good point. <laughs> it's the same with St Kilda. It's just those bottom three teams. Do they do they have fans? Actually, excuse me, we are fourth off the bottom. Fourth off the as bottom, As of sorry. this round. So. Brisbane's in the bottom four as well. Correct. Well, I mean, maybe they should do something similar. Mm. I mean, I believe I heard it in the news um, a week ago as well that someone was pulled up on the street um, because they were smiling. That's correct. There was this woman who, um, in in Russia was pulled over by some policemen who wanted to check her ID and were interviewing her simply because she smiled at them. I thought that was ludicrous. Like, I I smile at people all the time walking down the street. It's ridiculous. I'm probably too happy if that's a (laughs) diagnosable condition. That's not a thing. But no, but like, I found that mind-blowing that she got full-on pulled over and um, ID searched and everything by these cops because... They told her that she was smiling at them. Well, maybe we should do that for Richmond fans. Everyone's having a and Collingwood fans. Everyone's having a problem <laughs> with us smiling too much at the moment. Anytime you see someone smiling in the suburb of Richmond or Collingwood, ID them. Take that smile off their face. Throw Wipe them in the back of the divvy van. That's do it. anything you need to do to get the smile off their faces. Wipe that smile off their dial. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what did get me smiling. Because hey, what have you got for us? Well, this is what got me smiling. What a great round of football. I, I was impressed. I was impressed. Like, you lose so much momentum in those buy rounds because there's only six games a week or mm-hmm. even um, seven in the first one. But this was the exact round that the AFL needed just to get a lot of momentum back, get a lot of interest. But not only that, more importantly, faith. Because mm. there's been so much talk recently about whether we should change the rules or not, tinkering with the rules and all that. And this round proved that you just don't need to do that. So five of the top eight sales lost this week. Right. That's correct. Five. That is actually ridiculous. They're meant to be winning. They didn't. There was a whole bunch of upsets, whether it was Western Bulldogs beating Geelong, whether it was St Kilda beating Melbourne, uh, Brisbane beating Fremantle, Essendon beating North Melbourne was even an upset. It just gauges so much more interest now heading into sort of the back end of the season, um, particularly for fans who may not have been as invested as um, they used to be, perhaps. So yep. borderline fans, this is completely shaking things up. It's going into a, into a finals with um, less certainty. 
Yeah. And for, for someone like me personally as well, who's um, quite often split between a couple of sports, it makes it really exciting because whilst St Kilda is obviously not in contention, there are so many other teams that you just can't predict where they're going to end up. Like, good luck picking the top eight. Exactly. Um, but on top of that, so out of the nine games this week, seven of them were on the line in the third qu- uh, fourth quarter. Sorry. That's so exciting. when it came down to the last quarter, seven of the nine games, you were going to struggle to pick a winner. Yeah. That is unbelievable. And one of the two that wasn't on the line in the th- uh, fourth quarter was Brisbane beating up on Fremantle. Which I think is enough of a shake-up in itself to... Well, which was arguably the greatest thing that happened all around. So, mm. like, who's complaining about that? So, really, eight of the nine games you would have been happy with. Absolutely. And the only one you weren't happy with was Gold Coast Collingwood, and that's for obvious reasons that Collingwood's second and Gold Coast is 14th. Um, it was also high scoring, so a lot of been, points have been made about how like we're just not scoring as much de- these yep. days. Teams are getting better defensively every week. So guess how many scores there were over 100 this week? Oh, okay. Actually, we'll go over 90 instead. Four. So I'm counting them up now. I believe that's 11 scores over 90 this week. Out of the 18 teams, oh, wow. 11 teams scored over 90. And that's what used to happen uh, about 10 years ago was the trademark sort of score. More than half the teams got that. And there was a few games where both teams scored 100 and they were absolute nail biters. I think yep. the game of the round, and we're not going to touch on it too much today, but Essendon-North Melbourne was just one of the better games you could ever watch. It was at Etihad Stadium, under the lights, under yep. the roof. Free-flowing game between two teams that are playing very well at the moment. It's um, pleasing because um, I believe it was North Melbourne who a lot of people had written off their season heading into sort of those earlier rounds, and it's really nice to see that they've been able to produce some really classy performances. I mean, unlucky this week, but at least they're up there with that excitement and that buzz. Yeah, well, I feel they're, like they're a lot of good yeah. football to watch. Yeah, that's it. And I feel like over the years you do get a few teams that sort of lose that buzz, that X factor. Um, you know, maybe your North Melbournes of late, your Carlton's, your Brisbane, St Kilda's, even Fremantle after they came off their little high in about 2014-ish. Yeah. Would you agree? Yeah. Um, but it's good to see these teams back, even Essendon during that um, pretty tumultuous period of time as well a few years ago. It's you really... mean the last 10 years? Yeah, well, the last 10 years. <laughs> it's that, felt like that, that, too. that long. <laughs> that too. Um, no, but it's really good to see these these two teams producing performances that are worthy of discussion in saying that they could be the best games of those rounds. Yeah, well, there was 23 goals to half time. 23. Wow. That is a lot of goals. That's it was just huge. A, it was just a scoring frenzy. Goal fest. Yeah, goal fest. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> Anyways, the end score for that game was 125 to 108 and you just never knew who was going to win till about two minutes to go because, I mean, there was that high scoring. North Melbourne could have closed the lead in about two yep. or three minutes. So my question to you all out there is who said we needed to change the rules? Mm. Sometimes it's not about changing the rules. Sometimes it's about the players playing better football and being a lot more clean in their disposals. Maybe the buy rounds gave them a chance to... Uh, reset and just go, okay, this is going right for us. This is going wrong. Let's work on that. If that's actually the case, then I might have to start advocating for the buy rounds, and that could be the worst thing that's, that's ever happened to me. That's not a good idea. Yeah. Geelong's also not advocating for the buy rounds. So. Freo isn't. Freo is I not. literally have two teams on my side. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm gaining momentum to the back end of the season, so maybe I shouldn't be uh, switching at this critical moment of the season. Absolutely. Now, as we said last week, uh, well, not we, Kreiser and I, sorry, uh, said last week, we were going to the game. You're actually there with us at the I game. I was there too. Uh, and one thing stands out from that game. What's that, Chuck? So, uh, I don't know if you all saw, but 
Reese Conker in his two one hundredth uh, game, sorry, got uh, injured unfortunately, and that it... was heartbreaking. I watched the replay after that because obviously at the game we couldn't see the detail. I saw that and I, I my heart sunk for him. Yeah. So uh, essentially, what happened is uh, Lance Franklin tackled him and unfortunately landed really badly mm. on Reese Conker's ankle. Now from the grandstand, you can't really tell that. It just looks like Lance Franklin has tackled Reese Conker Correct. and Reese Conker has just stayed on the ground. So Cruiser had this great comment. He said it looks soft. Oh, big call from Cruiser. Yeah. I remember that. And I turned around, I looked at him, I was like, oh, if, if this is not actually considered soft, you're in a lot of lot of, yeah. lot of hurt there. So he called it soft. So obviously if having your ankle rotated 90 degrees Ugh. of the way that it shouldn't be is soft and having your ankle dislocated is soft, oh, yeah, that's then soft we have to rethink the, the entire English language, to be honest, and <laughs> any injury that we could possibly sustain. Um, so diamonds, they're not hard anymore. <laughs> that, they're actually quite soft when yep. you think about it. They're not the hardest thing in the world, quite soft, and they're not actually that valuable anymore no. as a result of it. Who wants something that soft on a ring anyway? Exactly. My love life. It, <laughs> it, <laughs> uh, the inner workings of that is not hard on me anymore. It's actually quite soft, you know. Aww. Yeah. Soft and oozy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, war, it's not really that hard. It's quite soft when you think about it. Look, if you come in with a, a battle plan, it's all right. You're not meant to justify. Oh no! I was trying to help you with that, but oh no! (laughs) The whole idea is we shouldn't be justifying this because what Cruiser said is just perfectly incorrect. Uh, Electing a competent PM or (laughs) president—it's no longer really hard. It's actually quite soft when you think about it. Yep. Um, Poverty. It's no longer a tough ordeal. (laughs) It's actually quite soft. Uh, I mean, I can't believe what they're complaining about. Honestly. I've got nothing to help you there, Rusty. Yeah, you're not I just, me- this yeah. Is what, yeah, you're not meant to bail me out of this. Uh, Damn. This is just what Chris is implying. None of this is my own word, obviously. Uh, basketball brawls, mm. they're quite uh, soft when you think about it. I don't know if you all heard the news, but there was quite the basketball brawl last night, full-on punches thrown, 13 ejections. Yeah, that's nothing. 5v5 game basketball is in 13 ejections. They should go check out the Little Leagues games and see what goes on there. If they think 13 ejections was bad, whew. Yeah, well, they should go to Essendon because if you think 13 <laughs> ejections is bad, how about 13 injections? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, good call, Cruiser. Uh, well done. Reese Conker had to be stretched off the ground. And with that, so was your reputation. How many weeks is, um, is, is that Conker season done? Uh, no, he's actually because it was only a dislocation rather than like a serious uh, structural um, injury. He's actually going to be back before the end of the year. Wow. Okay, that's really interesting. Actually, ridiculous. Anyways, what have you got for us, Cass? So, having a look at that West Coast Adelaide game intrigued me quite a lot. Actually, it was a big game. It uh, was huge. But I'm sorry, West Coast are absolutely abysmal when games are on the line. Oh, is that a general statement? Oh, look, I've got some uh, stats to prove it. I mean, you look at their three-quarter time score, would have been, what, 66 to 46? Yeah, so they were wi- West winning. Coast was winning by 20. They were up at that point, blew it in that final term. I'm going to have a look at some inside 50s, if that's all right. They had 4 to 24, which is the highest differential in a quarter of AFL footy. Whoa, so West Coast had four inside 50s for the quarter. Correct, four. Well, no wonder they blew the match. It's ridiculous. It's I- I mean, Richmond played Brisbane earlier in the year and that, like, Brisbane didn't score a goal to the third quarter, but you're telling me that that game had the highest If you thought Richmond-Brisbane back then was bad, this was this was worse. In terms of, of how they played with that inside 50s, that was not Well, good. where was it going wrong? You have a look at clearances. 
six to sixteen. Oh my! That says a fair bit too. Contested possessions twenty-eight to forty-nine. Ex- excuse me. No, I'm not 20, lying. Uh, I wish is, I was. That isn't an absolute annihilation. Twenty-one contested possession differential in one quarter. That's like on track for eighty-four in a match. Normally, if it's blown out by like twenty-five, it's like oh well, that team's not doing very well. Eighty-four. Eighty-four. That's yeah. like Stuart Jew saying, oh, we, pl- we played out the final quarter when really you got smashed anyway. Yeah. And if you have a look at the scores, um, we had two goals to six goals, six behinds. So it suggests something to me is that when West Coast can get the ball into their inside, into their 50, they're pretty much clinical. Yeah. So four but, inside 50s for two goals. Yeah. Correct. But my issue is the fact that their midfield has been pretty much absent to the fact that they can't even get the ball into that 50 to get those goal-scoring opportunities. So I'm looking at players like, you know, your Andrew Gaffs, your Shoeys, your Yos, Redden, who just aren't delivering that ball to where it needs to go for them to have an impact, especially in those fourth quarters. Yeah, and that that's a really good midfield they've got. Like, yeah. that cannot be understated enough. That's a really good midfield. And you put Nick Nat on top of it as one oh, of, of the most damaging ruckmen in the league, who can also play as, like, a fifth midfield or a fourth mid, sorry. They're just not getting it done in the last quarter. And, I mean, everyone was talking up West Coast a few weeks ago. Yeah. But, I mean, if they can't... They've lost a lot of players to injury in their fourth line, and I get that. Mm-hmm. But this is not a forward line problem. This is a midfield problem. This is actually getting it to people that we need to score goals. So, yeah, you can say that, you know, your Mark Lacrasse, your Josh Kennedys and all them have been missing. But my concern is that it's just not getting there in the first place. So so even if they were there? Even if they were there, they're not getting the ball. And you could probably make a case for the fact that the presence of those big, like, key forwards is has been missing and have is having now an effect on the rest of the team. Yeah. as evident through this midfield. Um, can you blame people like Nick, Nick Nat for, you know, he's had his, not some of his finest work um, the last few games. Do you think that that's costing West Coast? Or yeah. at least is a trigger you, to cost? You can't blame everything on one person, but mm. you demand that your leaders stand up in the fourth quarter. That's the difference between leaders yeah. and the rest of the pack, essentially, that the leaders step up when the game's on the line. You just have to look at Trent Cotchin for that, and he's just the mm-hmm. ultimate leader, Joel, um, Joel Selwood as well. But these guys aren't stick- standing up. I know Nick Nat and uh, Jeremy McGovern only had one disposal in the last quarter on the weekend. Between them? Uh, no, each. Oh, each. But not really that it's much better. It's not much of a anyway. difference, yeah. <laughs> um, but those midfielders, that's wow. a very competent midfield group, and I'd be comfortable with it performing on a week-to-week basis. But if you're not standing up when the game's on the line, and the game wasn't even on the line. They were up by 20. Yeah. By you'd... the time they woke up, though, they'd already lost the lead. You'd think you'd be comfortable at that point. I think they were 22 up, to be specific, at that point. Um, yeah. I, just, I just don't know. It's I mean, hard to fathom. In terms of they're sitting uh, third on the ladder, I believe, yeah. They're about third now. In terms of finals, I know their position is probably less in doubt perhaps than some other teams, but when you've got performances like this, how can that be good for a team it can't. towards the back end of a season? It can't. They've lost three in a row now. Uh, they've gone from being a game clear on top two. Okay, we're going to struggle to make top four now. And they would love top two, particularly because they play mm-hmm. at Optus and they play so well there that any team travelling around to Optus Stadium would struggle. And that's what I was worried about. If Richmond finished fourth and yep. they finished first or second and third, Richmond would 
not win at Optus You're Stadium. not confident Richmond could pull off a win there? No, which is why they really needed the home ground advantage and they've thrown it away the last couple of weeks. So it'll be mm. interesting to see how they bounce back. They should get Kennedy and Darling back in the next four weeks, but I mean, it might be top four might be all well and done by then. What have you got for us? Well, we had the welcome game uh, in round 15. Match play between Melbourne and St Kilda. Uh, and it was supposed to be an initiative by the AFL to celebrate diversity and encouraging people pretty much from all sorts of backgrounds and um, cultures to take an interest in footy. Sounds very official. Yeah, look, here's the bottom line. Not even, like, St Kilda fans want to watch St Kilda. I mean, <laughs> they probably picked the worst to, like, team to pick that game for. And Melbourne fans hate Melbourne at the moment exactly. after what happened at the weekend. I just sat there and I was like, why would any self-respecting human being want to watch St Kilda? <laughs> I mean, it's harsh, but it's it, tell me I'm wrong. No, I can't. It's like if you want to get people interested in AFL, mm. you don't pick a club where their supporters hate their club for disappointing <laughs> them all their time, and you don't pick a club where they don't have fans, as you said earlier in the uh, yeah, show. exactly. I mean, have a guess at how many people rocked up. This weekend? Uh, yeah. Uh, no, sorry, the previous game that um, St Kilda played. Oh, this season. It couldn't have been many. Like 20,000? No, 20, no half it. 10,000. So at the last St Kilda game, there was 10,000 people and they thought, you know what, this is the perfect game to get people to attend. Absolutely. So I don't know what genius was behind that idea, but do you remember what happened the last time we had 10,000 people watch an AFL game? That sounds like a China reference right there. There wasn't 10,000 people there, was there? No. So who knows if there was actually 10,000 people at the oh, last. God. They're probably all trying to queue up to buy food instead. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, love the references. I love that we can still pick on China, despite the fact that it happened like six weeks ago. <laughs> actually it's, amazing. The AFL set itself up for it. I mean... We couldn't, we couldn't not take stabs at it six weeks later. Exactly. Oh, we should almost, just do it for the rest of the season. I should just have you on for the rest of the we season. We almost might as well bring up AFLX while we're here if we're doing that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and everything that the AFL stuffed up. But unfortunately, we have to keep it to an hour long, not a week long. Um, <laughs> That's it. Um, I also wanted to talk another thing about the welcome game. I think it's all well and good that we have it. But what I think the AFL really needs is a shake-up. We need the opposite of a welcome game. And what is the opposite of a welcome game, you ask, um, Chuck? It's a goodbye game. A good go- a goodbye game. We need game. a what goodbye would, game. What would this entail? Pretty much we remove the bottom four teams of the <laughs> AFL ladder about three quarters of the way through. That includes St Kilda. That just includes St Kilda. Yep. Yeah, I, I'm happy to accept that, that our season's pretty much For over. the betterment of the AFL? Not only the betterment of the AFL, but... It's pretty much to save the souls of like all remaining supporters that these teams have. Yeah, you would get people interested then, I wouldn't you? you? Would, yeah, and you might even encourage teams, uh, supporters of these axe teams, to go and follow, you know, some more respectable clubs, buy yeah, some so more merchandise. One that doesn't like destroy their inner integrity and exactly. basically ruin their life. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, so. exactly. They p- could probably go a step further than that, though, couldn't they? Oh, could they? Well, like, I mean, we all know viewer interaction is just the number one thing at the moment. <laughs> sure. So yep. you just do like voting for what <laughs> what teams you want to see, what teams you don't want to see, what matches you want to see. Even if, if there's like what players you don't want to see. You Love put it. Lindsay Thomas up on a pole. Bet you he doesn't play the next game. <laughs> can we also stretch that to coaches you just don't want to see either? Can I, can I vote to not see Ross Lyon? Yeah. Because I'm still salty. But then everyone would vote against Alistair Clarkson just because he's actually a really good coach just to mm, level yeah, out okay. the competition. But like, I mean, I've got no problems with getting rid of Ross Lyon Perfect. or Lindsay Thomas. You could even go at 
to like further than that. And <laughs> if you took this, this to the fullest extreme, oh no, we would have Denya for the premiership. <laughs> So not only would he have gold, he would have the premiership as well. He wouldn't even need an AFL team. Isn't that the greatest thing about it? (laughs) He's got the premiership cup sitting right next to the gold logie that he won for not even having a TV show. Yeah, he never played a game, doesn't even support a team, doesn't even care about the AFL, but he has a premiership cup. And Bob Murphy doesn't. (laughs) Even people like what? Matthew Richo, uh, Richmond never never won a premiership. He barely played a final. I know. Nick Rewalt. Yeah. There are lots of good greats. He that got have gone. pretty close to a final Nick uh, Rewalt. Yeah. Here comes the St Kilda joke. Eleven year old me was distraught when that happened. I do you not know, blame you for that. So many greats have gone past and none have won a premiership and then we've got Grant Denyer swooping in, so there you go. And I he'd think... give a stirring uh, speech, obviously. Oh, Much better than the one Dusty gave last year for the Norm Smith. <laughs> that was just short, sharp to the point. Um, but that was so dusky esque. Dusty-esque. Yeah. Yeah. But he lets his feet do the talking, so Chuck, you've got something for us. So, well, we need to talk about something, and I know a lot of been a lot has been made about it in the media already. So, I might just mm-hmm. be saying what more people have said. But for the people who only listen to this podcast and nothing else, <laughs> if people listen to this, yep. Anyways, um, <laughs> uh, Barry Hall on Friday mm. night made quite the inappropriate comment, and I'm not going to repeat it. But essentially, the circumstances was it was about someone else's wife, and it was quite sexually explicit and it was just not okay and it was on the Triple M network um, unfortunately for them. I mean footy has to get better at some point. I want to see the AFL even take a stance on this and I know it's not related Mm. to the AFL it happened on radio. Indirectly it is. It's a high profile AFL player speaking about another high ex high profile AFL player so if anything it's, it's indirect damage to the AFL's reputation. You could take it that far I suppose. Yeah it's there's just been so much made over the last couple of years about, you know, violence from AFL players, mm. how I, there's just a culture in not even AFL players, just anyone who plays football all over the state in all leagues yep. and all facets of life. Um, and there's just been a big thing made of how it's just a violent culture and the culture needs to change. And if this doesn't stir a change up in not only, well, definitely should Triple M, but this should be a sign to everyone else that, I mean, it's not okay to do this. Just because it's a boy-dominated or male-dominated sport doesn't mean you can have these boy clubs sort of thing where it's just okay to say anything um, that's disrespectful. And especially given the recent debate that's been circling about um, women's safety in public, we've had lots of incidences where, um, you know, going as far back as as Jill Ma was probably one of the first really publicised sort of events that triggered this movement of women standing up and going, hey, this isn't okay. Yeah. This this sort of behaviour is not going to be accepted. It might have been in the past or at least put under the rug, I suppose. Um, it just disappoints me when you've got people who are so influential in the public. And, yes, Barry Hall has, you know, when you when you think Barry Hall, you think of, unfortunately, that incident um, against West Coast a number of years ago. Yeah. So he hasn't already got a good reputation for himself. But these people are still so influential um, to young players coming up males, females, and just their presence in the media, and they get a lot of exposure. So it still disappoints me that to this age we still have these sorts of um, comments, these sorts of beliefs still coming up. Well, when I was young, because um, you'd have to go to bed earlier, I actually mm. listened to the Friday night footy games in bed with my iPod Nano. Hey, and, uh, good and old Nano. iPod Nano. But like, I'd have my headphones in and I wasn't actually allowed to do this, but I wanted mm. to listen to the footy and you know hear everything. And I listened to Triple M um, as a kid. And, I mean, 
I didn't listen to it forever. But if I heard something like this, I probably wouldn't know better because yeah. I was just a young kid and a very impressionable person at the time. So there are kids out there who were like me who will be listening and you just have to be so careful and we need to be better about it all. There's obviously the hashtag Me Too movements as well. And all, But I just wanted to bring it up because it's just not okay. And I, I would love to say that in the next 20 years that we could just make AFL much better like that. That should be the goal. I'm, nothing is going to change overnight, unfortunately, because it's such a generational thing. But if we could just make slow incremental changes, it would yep. be it'd make me feel a lot better about supporting a sport like it. And this isn't to say that all males act in this way or that all AFL footballers do make silly comments and um, you know speak without thinking. But do you think that this is now something that the AFL needs to either release a statement on, or do we need to hear something from Gillen? Is I'd just love a statement as of as of right now. I'd love a statement, and yep. then long term, I want some. If like they put a lot of funding recently into grounds around um, mm. the state, which is great and all, but there has to be some funding to maybe educating the players on what's right and what's wrong. It's you know you'd never think that that would be a thing that we'd have to educate, you know, grown men and grown women on. You know, respecting each other. It's 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 one of those things that still blows my mind, but maybe we do. Anyways, uh just thought I'd bring that out there. So yeah. sorry to dull in the mood, but um after your great joke there, but it just had to be said, unfortunately. Oh. Now just in reference to what we were just talking about, if you or anyone you know is suffering from issues that we just talked about, um, you can a hundred percent contact these numbers so beyond blue at 1300 46 36 lifeline at 13 11 14 and the national sexual assault and domestic violence counseling service is 1800 respect now um cass you've got some uh in-depth analysis i've heard a little you, bit of in-depth analysis yeah you've uh you've gone deep and plugged out everything we need to know I've that's not to. the best way of describing that no, that i've ever but used I'm in the gonna world try and turn that description around um as you know, like I've come from more of a, a soccer-based background. I have enjoyed footy since I was a kid. Um, but I found I, I was doing a bit of thinking and I've found a lot of interesting points in terms of structure, in terms of the way football is successful, AFL football is successful in Australia. And I thought I'd come and share a couple of my little insights that I thought you might find interesting. But, I mean, I know we've all heard arguments from you know, fans of AFL that perhaps it's become a bit softer over the years. <laughs> Just Creaser. ask Creaser that. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but honestly, I think the AFL is kicking goals in a lot of areas. Um, I've looked at it in terms of player development, pathways, the drafting system, how we can get young talent in and up in competitions. Looked at the backing of the media, yep. TV coverage, radios, all that kind of thing. Um, and in terms of the accessibility to the games, like... Is it affordable for people to come in? Is it, you know, is it friendly? Is it kid-friendly? Is it what, what kind of environment we're, we're setting up here? And So just all the things we kind of take for granted but don't really think yeah. about it. Yeah. It, as an AFL fan, these sort of things have been happening for so long because I think the AFL had a really good model. Obviously, it's been worked on, but from as old as we are, the model's been working. It's had a few tweaks here and there. We've had trips to Shanghai. We've had international um, exposure. We've we've done a few different we've things. Gone to New Zealand, even. New Zealand is We don't right. go there anymore. Why do we give up on New Zealand but not China? Hmm. Hmm. Let us know what you think online about that one. Um, <laughs> no, but I'll start with the AFL player development. We've got things like regional development squads, so your Sandy Dragons, your uh, Calder Cannons, your Oakley Chargers, those sorts of teams. Um which are the fundamentals in getting kids in that sort of 
would you say, under-16s onwards age group, yep. getting them prepped and ready for AFL football for AFL football in the draft. Alongside that, you've got your state champs for your under-14s, under-16s, so the AFL NAB um, competitions that they set up there. And then that leads, obviously, into the draft. So you've got every club. I love how involved the draft is. I watched it this year because I was so interested to see how it worked. You've got coaches, you've got managers, you've got listing uh, listing experts. Everyone's there from the club, obviously, this is how it works. Um, but in soccer, we don't really have that kind of equivalent level. Yeah. It's really interesting to see how much is invested in, in young players that are coming up. Well, but- it's interesting because I know um, Rugby Union, for instance, when mm. we hosted the World Cup, Oh, it would have been like 15 years ago, yep. right? What they did with all the money, rather than investing it back at grassroots, they kind of held on to it. Um, and it's interesting because rugby union's slowly dying around the country. And I don't actually mind rugby union. Um, it's a mm-hmm. lot better than league, which isn't a compliment, really. Anyways, <laughs> but they didn't invest it back in grassroots, and then grassroots is struggling at the moment. Wow, okay. Whereas, like as you pointed out there, there was a lot of emphasis put on making sure young talent is nurtured. Absolutely. Maybe, maybe as I said before, the culture isn't right, but the way they go about making sure these players become good AFL players is... I'm just glad that there's a structure that's really clear in place because if you look at the A-League, and I don't want to talk too much, obviously, about the soccer because we're not here for A-League by dummies, we're here for AFL by dummies. I have a look at that and I go, you've got your MPL setups, so your National Premier League. Unfortunately, fees for that cost men's in excess of $2,000. This is amateur, semi-professional almost in the top level football which is essentially the place of your draft system in the AFL. Yep. That's where you should be getting your local talent from to play in, in the A-League. I find that astonishing that, you know, you can go through um, such a clear pathway in the AFL and then you look at soccer and you go, well, it's very difficult. It's very convoluted. You've got national youth leagues, um, which don't get as much exposure, all these sorts of things as well. But then you also look at the VFL. That accommodates for players who aren't 17, 18 years old heading into a draft system. You've got a lot of senior players in that as well. And it's a really nice fallback system for the AFL. That I found, firstly, particularly very, very interesting. Yep. I've never had a problem with, uh, you know, giving the A-League a hard rub about uh, how they run things. (laughs) Never had a problem with that. Oh, look, I love my soccer, but I'll still give it a hard time anyway. Fair enough. Um, No, that's very interesting when you go into detail like that because we do actually take that all for granted. And it's interesting because so much pressure is put on those draft picks. Yeah, it's intense. But but they've been put through a good system and so Mm -hmm. they're almost expected to deliver. But the exposure that those young kids get as well to be able to perform at tournaments, um, at those draft combines as well, is really good. Whereas A-League, it's pretty much when you're seen, if you're seen... Did you get seen? You, you, you don't really know. And I, I am speaking very broad terms here, but um, I'll move on. Media backing. Channel 7 have got free-to-air games, generally about but, four around. Yeah, but it's only four now. It's slowly going backwards, but yeah. yes, it is four. And I had a look, and Fox Footy generally have the five. Yes. Which isn't great, but you've also looked at – I've also looked at radio coverage. All games have been um, a broadcast. Some only get uh, one radio station per per game, but a lot of the time you do get in excess of maybe four or five broadcasters that are openly commentating on the games. So there's access there. It's probably not great, and as you said, it might be going backwards slightly. But I look at the soccer, and we are all on Foxtel. We've got we've only moved now in the last two seasons, two or three seasons, to one or two games uh, to free to air on SBS and now Channel Ten, I believe. Um, 
but unfortunately, it doesn't look like we're going to stray away from the Foxtel-based subscription, which yep. is unfortunate because you want to inc- you want to expose your leagues to as many people in the country as you can, especially when you're competing with such traditional sports. You have footy, you cricket, rugby league to a certain extent, less so, especially in Victoria. But when we've got four or five key dominant sports in this country, it's no wonder that you know the Socceroos are producing performances that they are because we just don't have the support in place, the financial backing for these sorts of sports to come through um, in place of your AFLs and your crickets. Yeah. Um, so I found that very interesting as well. Um, also, just an extension on that, you've got interactive games like Supercoach, Classic Draft, all those sorts of things, which I think are really, really good. Supercoach is just single-handedly the greatest. It's interesting because it makes you look at football differently. Suddenly, yes. when Richmond is playing another team, but I've got one player on the other team, I am conflicted. Yeah, it gives you... Sometimes Richmond matters more, sometimes Supercoach <laughs> matters more. It depends. gives you different angles to look at the game at, which I really like. And whilst my Supercoach team is struggling, it, it really does. You're right. It makes you think of the game in a really different light. So I thought that was really good. A-League's missing that. We have Fantasy. That's about it. Um, and finally, to touch on the accessibility, I've looked at ticker prices on average, and they do tend to be a lot cheaper in the AFL. We've got things like kids getting free rounds, um, you know, the bottom line price for a general admission ticket seems to be a lot less in the AFL than it does in soccer. And the only issue I have is that the soccer is getting more expensive. It is getting harder to get to games and seeing those heroes live that kids want to be able to watch week in, week out. And I don't know what that means for the future of of, that, of soccer in this country. AFL, it's looking pretty good. I mean, we got into the, the Richmond game for a really good price uh, last week. But if I look at how much I've spent on soccer tickets, it's I almost need like a third job. <laughs> yeah, no, you're working part-time outside of full-time outside of full-time. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So I thought those were really, really interesting points that I, yeah. We kind of do up. take it for um, granted, don't we? Um it is fun looking at how other leagues do it and they don't do it's, it as it's good funny, as the It's AFL. funny if you're the AFL and you're doing it well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's fun yeah. when you're doing well and other teams are doing bad. Yeah. It's like I'm enjoying AFL the last two years. Didn't enjoy it for the 38 years nah. before that. <laughs> no, that's very interesting. You you clearly know your stuff. I, just, I thought it was a good point to make because I've looked at the AFL and I've gone, how are they doing so well? And it's been really interesting coming on as well because I've done this sort of these, these bits of research. So I hope no one's fallen asleep too much in my segment. But No more asleep than Fremantle fell on the weekend. <laughs> but I'm cha. Yep. Now, Rossley, what do you got? So you Finished went with something here. quite serious there and uh, in depth. So obviously it makes sense for me to do something anything but. <laughs> so the Logies were on the weekend. Oh, um, we're back to the Logies. I love it. I, well, I'm not the biggest fan of the Logies, but we're going to go with it. Sure. Anyways, so on the weekend, obviously, the Logies happened. And uh, in case you didn't hear, Grant Denyer somehow won a Gold Logie without a TV show, which is just brilliant. Anyways, um, I decided that we need an AFL Logies. (laughs) All right. What does this entail? So, well, who was going to win the Gold Logie? So I thought Grant Denyer, I mean, popular guy, I guess, but he's, I don't know, some people like him, some people don't like him. I personally am not a fan. Fair enough. Not having a show doesn't help either, but... So I was thinking, well, who's the perfect person for the gold Logie? Has to be... Uh, I was thinking Dangerfield initially, Ooh. but he has a football club at the moment. <laughs> so we had to go with Bob Murphy. Oh, he's just, Bob! He's just the number one person you'd want for the uh, gold Logie. I think he'd win it every year after every year after every I year. Just, yeah. 
Uh, most outstanding actor slash actress has to be Alex Rance. I'm sorry, mate. <laughs> oh, Love no. you, but I had to do that. Um, most popular presenter. Um, I went with none available on this, especially none from the Channel 7 team. Because I was just going to say, if you said BT, I was going to cry. Well, that would make it more of a joke than... Um, <laughs> Greg Daniel winning the show without <laughs> a show. Um, most popular new t- talent has to be Charlie Kernow, yep. uh, the rage of the town at I the moment. Uh, most popular comedy program has to be the Gold Coast Suns. <laughs> <laughs> um, the most outstanding factual or documentary program has to be The Life of Ben Cousins. Ooh, interesting. Well, I mean, <laughs> his life is pretty interesting, I'll tell you that. It's been tumultuous. Most most popular drama program has to be Adelaide. <laughs> Up and down and you plot twist, you just don't know what's going to happen Well, next. this one also got the most popular reality program ah, as well. Uh, it's good. just crazy all the stuff and uh, drama that's happening in that football club at the moment. <laughs> Collective minds uh, have done their work, let's say that. Um, and that's all I have. Uh, I really like that. So we're going to just move straight into our tips, actually, for the week. Um, so the first game, I believe, is Geelong-Sydney. Mm, that's an interesting one. Or Sydney Geelong, sorry. So it's at the SCG. Huge game. It's fourth V8. Yep. Who is your money on this week, Cassie? I'm backing Sydney in this one. It's at home. I know that they lost to Richmond, but I still feel like they've got that fire. Well, they're not actually as good at home as they are away. It's an interesting one. They keep managing to lose at home. Mm. Geelong need a win. I just don't think Geelong have it in them. Good. I'm going to tip Geelong. Um, <laughs> makes course. it so much easier when someone tips the other team. Fair. I hate tipping first on this. Uh, Richmond Adelaide on Friday night. Oh, that's a tough one. Uh, Richmond. Uh, you've got to. You've got to back. You've got to. Uh, back at the scene of the crime. Uh, mm. I wonder what it's going to be like when the Richmond theme song's played at the end of it. We all know what that <laughs> went so good on that camp of theirs. Uh, Richmond to win comfortably. And I'm going Me to put too. Richmond for my 50-point margin. They're Ooh. going to be up by 50 early in the third quarter. They're going to smoke the Crows yep. and just end I'll su- their season. I'll support that. I'll, I'll throw my 50-point margin in that one. Well, you can throw it on the same as mine, but the idea is you throw it on a different one to, for a point of difference. Uh, all right, for the sake of point of difference, but it's not really my true Port belief. Port Adelaide's playing St Kilda this week. Mm. That will be 50 points if any game could be 50 points. Um, anyways, Saturday afternoon, big clash at the Gabba, Brisbane v Carlton. Ooh, that's that's a that's a juicy contest, that one. 17th v 18th. You know what they should have done? What should they have done? They should have set this in round 23. This just would have <laughs> been the greatest final match of the year and see who wins doesn't get the first draft oh. pick. I'm going to go Carlton. Surely they can't lose again. Besides, Brisbane's on two wins and Carlton's only won one, as far as I know. So they've got yeah, to level correct. it out and make it interesting once again. I'll go Brisbane. Just yeah. just to shake, shake it up a little bit. Fair enough. They did win last week. Yeah. Um, Port Adelaide's St Kilda. Oh, well, there's a clear answer here, and it's definitely not St Kilda. No, not even how you <laughs> played last week. Uh, I'm using my 50-point margin on this. It breaks against my your heart. Own team. It bra- I, yeah, but... I got you to use it against your own team. I'll take it because, I mean, I've been disappointed since 2010, so... <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, Port Adelaide to get up on the Saints West- in that one. Western Bulldogs-Hawthorne. 
And what is a very interesting clash now, given how well the Western Bulldogs are playing the last couple of weeks. Correct. I'm going to tip the Bulldogs. Are you tipping the Bulldogs? I think the Hawks will be strong enough to fend them off. Fair enough. Can I just say, I love this podcast because it doesn't actually help people tip because more often than not, we tip differently <laughs> just for the sake of being interesting, but it's not actually helping people tip. <laughs> so if you want to help, if you want help with tipping, do not Don't come to this podcast. Melbourne Fremantle on Saturday night mm. up in Darwin. In Darwin. You've, I'm, you've got to go Melbourne. I think they'll be really mad about that drop to St Kilda. So I'm going to back them in this one. Even yep. if it's not away from home. Fremantle won't have five. Last time they didn't have five, they won. Therefore... That was his, his hammy, wasn't it? Yep. Therefore, I'm going for Fremantle. Melbourne's going to absolutely blow this Ooh. like you've never seen. Alrighty. Um, North Melbourne Gold Coast. By the way, that wasn't even like a lull tip. That was a genuine tip. I think Fremantle could win that game. Okay. No, I'd be very keen to keep an, an eye on that one. Would you, though? It's, well, now it's, that you It's Melbourne versus Fremantle. Yeah, but just, just for that tip... Fair enough. Uh, North Melbourne, Gold Coast. North Melbourne. Yeah, poor North Gold Melbourne. Coast. North yeah. Melbourne there. Collingwood, Essendon at the MCG. 12th versus second, and you think, well, this is going to be a shellacking. Oh, my God. This could be the most important non-Queen's yep. birthday clash ever. <laughs> Collingwood. Collingwood? Oh, about Collingwood. See, I'm genuinely going Essendon. You Essendon go played you think after... Lo- yeah. They are playing... Like they are possessed at the moment. It is unbelievable what they're doing. They're going to run Collingwood off the park. Okay. Collingwood do not have Trelaw. He's still out. That is a really good point, actually. Um, they he's, need him. He's not set to return for the rest of the season, is he? No. Uh, he might return for finals, but there's a, an apostrophe next to that. No, I, asterisk. An asterisk. Yep. <laughs> uh, there's an apostrophe. Yeah. Look, not the greatest moment I've ever had. Uh, West Coast versus Gold, Greater Western Sydney, sorry. West Coast versus Greater Western Sydney mm. to end the round. What a game. What are you thinking for that one? I don't even know. I haven't even made up my mind yet. Can this I is... flip a coin and decide after that? Yep. Ooh. It's just, this is another good round. There's numerous clashes. But here's the thing. I don't know if it's a good round because of um, the actual fixturing yep. or because a lot of the teams are playing very well at the moment and they're at similar levels. Like with the point about we spoke with, um, you know, Got uh, West Coast's midfield issues. I'm just while they do sit third at the moment, I'm not convinced. Yeah, I mean, it's at I'd, West I, Coast. Oh, it is at Optus. Yeah, I'm going Greater Western. Let Sydney. me pull this one. I'm just going to go Greater Western Sydney. And that's one of the few tips we agreed on, and that's yep. one of the harder tips for the round. Unbelievable, the two of us are. Anyways, <laughs> thanks for joining us this week, Castle. Thank you very uh, much for having me. It's been a pleasure. No, it's been good having you on. Nice having a bit of professionalism. Uh, for now, I can, <laughs> now I can throw shade at Alex and Kreezer. Oof. But they should both be back next week, so I better throw it in in all this last minute or two. Um, no, anyways, thanks for joining us this week. Thanks you for were, having me. It was very nice to have you. Anyways, you know where you can catch us at all the same places on Facebook, on iTunes, on radio. To everyone out there, thanks for listening today. My name's Chuck. I'm Cassie. And have a nice afternoon. Hold up. 